0: I've got to be honest, he is my hero. I, I, I respect him so much. He is one of the greatest men I've ever met. and I'm really looking forward to having you preach this morning. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, everyone. so good to be back again. It really feels like we're with family this right morning. Right here, after school. Uh, And it's really, it's okay. a beautiful thing, eh? You know, over a period of years, you get to know different people, and, and uh, it really is a great privilege. So thank you once again, Mike and Amy, for having us. Uh, it's really a lot of fun. Now, I hear you've been doing a series called The God Nudge. And, uh, you know, I just want to share a God nudge of my own. Uh, this is, I don't know, maybe a couple of months back now, and I was on the door after a service, and I saw one of our young professionals uh, coming out. And like you do, I said, how you doing? He said, yeah, good. And I just had that little nudge. Just that little nudge, says, ask again. So I said, no, no, seriously, how you doing? His eyes welled up with tears and... And kind of pulled me aside and it's all spilled out. Just recently, he had he'd made a mistake uh, and it had driven a wedge between him and his wife and, and they were just in this tough place in their marriage and she, uh, he just didn't have a clue what to do about it. We were able to meet with them and just lead them through some forgiveness, sort it all out. It was just a beautiful moment. Just, oh God, thank you so much. You're so good at this, yeah. luckily. You know, you know how Jesus had to pray for that blind guy twice? Sometimes when we care, we've got to ask twice. Amen? So good. So good. Well, when I was at school, there were, probably like when you were at school, there were the popular crowds. There were were the cool kids. And these were various, actually, various cliques, various uh, groups of popular kids. There were the good-looking kids, right? And uh, then there was the athletic kids. And then even worse, they were the ones like Pastor Mike, the good-looking and athletic. I hate those guys. I mean, unbelievable. And, and, and so, so there, there were these groups in school. And then the, the next kind of tear down, there were the unpopular kids. They were kind of vaguely assembled into, into different groups as well. And they were the ones that when the popular kids wanted to pick on and feel better about themselves and put someone down, they would put those guys down. And we're all aware of that, and we probably were in one or maybe even both of those groups at various times in our school life and possibly even beyond that as well. And, but most of us aren't aware of the existence of a third level. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, there's a third level. Those unlucky one or two people who kick around the edges of the unpopular crowd. And when the unpopular crowd, you know, the geeks, the ones who are a little bit different, when they need someone to pick on, they pick on these one or two. And I had the privilege in one season of my life of being that guy. I want everyone to say, oh, thank you. I was that guy. And you know what? To be honest, it was really tough. And I remember one particular time when I was being chased by a bunch of geeks. And I mean, that's just embarrassing all by itself. I've been chased by them. And I remember going, oh, my gosh, I am utterly alone. I absolutely have nobody. And it was. It was a dark and it was a tough time. Thank God for seasons. Amen? You know, the reality is, is that for all of us, at some point in our lives, Every one of us at some point will be under it. You know, it's, it's uh, we quietly rejoice when we're at the top of the pile. Boy, it's tough when you're at the bottom of the pile. And every one of us at some point in our lives experience that. You know, the kid who used to bully me, the worst one, in a bizarre confession just before he left school at 15, we found ourselves alone somewhere, and instead of beating me up, he poured out his life to me, told me all about how every Friday night dad would come home from the pub drunk and he'd beat up his mum, and then he'd beat him up and then he'd beat his sisters up And, and just caught a glimpse of the horror of that. So often the bullies are the bullied and so often the bullied become the bullies and each of us will face that at some point. It's interesting, I think, being a Christian, some people believe that Jesus mandated being weak. You know, when he talked about turning the other cheek and going the, other, going the extra mile. But, you know, for me, it just doesn't seem to fit with the Jesus who, when the crowd took him to the top of the cliff to throw him off, he just, off, he just turned around and just walked through the crowd and no one could touch him. No one could lay hands on him. It doesn't seem to fit with the Jesus who took his time to make a whip and then went at the temple and cleared everybody and everything out and nobody could stand in his way because he objected to what was being done in that place. You know, it doesn't fit with that picture we have of this Jesus who stood up to the most powerful men of his day, the religious leaders, and told them they were a group of snakes. Did Jesus really call us to be doormats and to be weak? I don't think so. In fact... I believe there's another strategy which Jesus seems to be advocating. It was the use of a different weapon that had much more to do with using kindness and service and taking responsibility to disempower the powerful and to inspire instead of control. You see, we all actually have the same question in life. How? How do we be successful and how do we make a difference and how do we get to heaven and how do we do this without getting beat down by all of the corruption and the cynicism and the evil that is in the world? And you know, someone came to Jesus and in essence asked that same question. Luke chapter 10, on one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. He said, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Understanding the Jewish concept of eternal life, which was not just in the future, but now as well. There was, there was something about this life that God created us to do, to be the head, not the tail, to be the top, not the bottom. Jesus, what have I got to do to have that kind of life here and life in the hereafter? What is written in the Lord? Jesus replied. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, says Jesus. Do this and you will live. But... He wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? You hear what he's saying? Love who, the man asked. Who, who, do, I have to, who do I have to be nice to in order to get there and, and to do that? Who is my neighbor? Can I love those I like? Can, can I just love those who are like me? Because I think I can do that. But Jesus, who is my neighbor? And so Jesus told his story one of the most potent stories in all of Scripture. And so this morning as we start this new series at the movies, we're not only going to look at the story, but we're going to look at a movie that portrays this brilliantly. Welcome to Wonder. The movie Wonder uh, is about a young boy called Augie, short for August. He's an ordinary kid except that he was born with a genetic facial deformity called Treacher-Collins syndrome. 27 surgeries throughout his young life enabled him to see and to hear and to breathe. But he's a child with obvious and quite shocking physical differences. Now, Augie's a really intelligent kid. He's a really smart kid. He loves space. He's fascinated by space and space travel and possibilities and the men and women who go beyond. And and so he wears a space suit helmet around for two reasons. One, to identify with the magic of space travel and all that that entails, but also because it hides his face. It's a place that he can retreat through. But at age 10, his parents, Isabel, played by Julia Roberts, and Nate, played by Owen Wilson, decide it's time for Augie to step into the real world. He's been homeschooled. His mom has put off her career to do this. But now the time has come when Augie does have to foray out into the world. And his mom and dad are quietly terrified about the prospects of how he will be treated by other kids. But they must send him out on this journey. At some point, he must take that step. He must face What is coming, he must find his way through. And we pick up the movie this morning on that very first day of school.
1: Right here, after school. Okay? Right here. I love you. I love you too. I'll see you later. Can you hear me? If they stare, let them stare. You can't blend in when you were born to stand out.
0: We're going to have a little man-to-man. Now, i got to stop here because past this point is a no-dad zone and you don't want to walk up with your parents because it's not cool. But you're cool. I am, but technically most dads aren't, so neither are these helmets.
1: Hey,
2: two rules. First, only raise your hand once a class, no matter how many answers you know, except for science. Crush the whole. Check. Second, you're going to feel like you're all alone, Augie, but you're not. Should we lose this? Come on, costumes are for Halloween. Prepare
0: for blast-off.
2: I love
1: you. I love you, too. Have
2: fun. Bye. Have an excellent
0: mission
1: and Godspeed. We are ready to proceed at this
0: time. Ten, nine,
1: eight, seven, Dear
0: God, please make them be nice. Four, three. Wonder is a story about kindness, and like all great stories about kindness, it has to deal with the heartbreaking and all too familiar experience of unkindness. Now, unkindness occurs across a spectrum from violence and hate on this end all the way down to simple indifference and avoidance, but that is still unkindness. It includes sins of commission and sins of omission. Sins of commission, sins that you actually do, intentionally do. And it includes sins of omission, things you should do, but you fail to do. The story includes people who put Augie down, but it also includes people who didn't pick Augie up. It includes people who went out of their way to hurt him, and it talks about people who went out of their way not to help him. Both are a sin. Both are destructive. All of us have experienced this in some way at some time in our lives. And in Augie's life, the unkindnesses he experiences are devastating.
1: Hey, come on. Talk to me. Sit down. Take that off, please. sorry it's okay it'll be okay do I have to be so ugly you are not ugly Augie you just have to say that because you're my mom oh because I'm your mom it doesn't count yeah because I'm your mom it counts the most because I know you the most you are not ugly and anyone who cares to know you will see that they won't even talk to me it matter let looked I try to pretend that it doesn't, but it does. I know. <laughs> Is it always going to matter? I don't know. <laughs> well, honey, listen. Look at me. We all have marks on our face I have this wrinkle here from your first surgery and I have these wrinkles here from your last surgery this is the map that shows us where we're going and this is the map that shows us where you've been and it's never ever ugly what about your gray hair compliments of your dad, I think. And as though we
2: summoned him.
1: How was your day?
2: My day.
0: Jesus told a story about people who went out of their way to put someone down, beat him up, rob him, and abandon him. And this story also includes people who went out of their way to not pick him up. Luke 10 verse 30, in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes. They beat him and they went away, leaving him for dead. How many times have we heard that story? Have you ever wondered how that guy felt? Have you ever wondered kind of what he went through emotionally as a result of that attack? I guarantee you, like Augie, he was overcome with feelings of doubt and anxiety about his apparent vulnerability, his fear that this might happen to him again. His sense of failure and weakness And I guarantee you, he had anger, anger at those people, anger at a society that would let this happen, and anger at a God who seemed to be silent. And who is there to pick him up? Luke 10, verse 31. A priest, a priest, hallelujah, a priest. A priest happened to be going down the same road, but when he saw the man, I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, kindness always starts when we see. When he saw the man, and this is the point of decision, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, someone on staff at the local church, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. And the man asking Jesus is an expert in the law. He understands exactly what the Mosaic law said about people who beat up and rob other people and he knows exactly what the lord demands he knows exactly that this person here has not been served justice he knows exactly where god stands on this and jesus describes two people who knew exactly what god expected and who still crossed by on the other side there are some powerful lessons here for us ladies and gentlemen The first one is this, don't be the person. Don't be, just whatever it takes, don't be that person who puts others down. Now, you know what the reality is? I put people down. I know you have to. We all have at some point. And that's the beautiful thing about what Jesus offers us. A new start every day, a fresh beginning. Let us together determine, I will not be that guy. I will not be that person. I will not. I refuse to be that. I will not be party to that or part. I will not be that person who puts somebody down. And number two, don't be the person don't be the person who's too, too important or too busy or too holy to show kindness. The priest and the Levite, the other kids who avoided Augie, or those who simply ignored what's going on. See, the great news in life, the great news in life is that there are always those brave ones. And my pleasure to stand before a whole lot of them here today. Those brave ones who every day will find ways to show kindness in whatever situation or circumstances that they are in. Those brave ones like us who will walk across the street or who will walk across the school cafeteria out of a heart of courageous kindness.
1: Hey, Jack, come sit here. In a sec. Where's he going? Hey, thanks for your help today. No problem. And don't worry. I got a couple wrong, so Miss Petosa wouldn't know. I'm not worried. The worst they can do is kick me out. Not loving school either, huh? Oh, it's great. <laughs> I wanted to go to Way Middle, one of the great sports teams. Then why'd you come here? They gave me the scholarship. Well, if you need help in science, you can come to my house after school. You know, if you want. Great, thanks. What's wrong? I just don't like eating in front of people. What do you mean? It's a long story, but when I eat, I think I chew like some prehistoric swamp turtle. No joke. Me too. <laughs> now there's tuna in your face. Yeah, tuna on. No, no, no. Let me show you how it's done. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's even more gross. Halloween, but Christmas is still the best holiday. No way. Halloween is the best. A pillowcase of candy versus two weeks off school. You're nuts. (laughs) (laughs) You see? Even your dog agrees. Hey, Mom, is it okay if Jack comes over? Yes. (laughs) Thanks, Mrs. B. When you get snow on Christmas. But you can get snow on Halloween. If If you live in Alaska.
0: That boy's name is Jack Will. Maybe that's because we no one else will. Jack Will. I'm going to change my name to Mike Will. Maybe you should change your name as well. Verse 33, but a Samaritan, maybe he was called Jack Will. As he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. And he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And they put the man, he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three, Jesus says, do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in to the hands of robbers? And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told them, go and do likewise. You see, kindness And courage are always closely connected because there will always be a reason to not be kind. And it takes courage to overcome our fears and overcome our prejudices because we all have them, whether we like it or not. It takes courage to overcome those things. You know, C.S. Lewis said this. He said, courage is not a virtue. He says, courage is the form of every virtue at the testing point courageous kindness ladies and gentlemen let's be that person who number 1 is kind to people who are different now who look different who behave different and who believe different you know god's doing some amazing things in this congregation this church community and, and hear the stories, just amazed, you know, your Elam care team and what's happened with with your um, Christmas box outreach across the community. And there's so many things. And then your God Nudge series, I've been following on Facebook, totally inspired. God's doing some great things. With us, one of the great things that God is doing is we run an Elam music program that's now seeing, I think last Thursday we had 85, 86 people coming out to this. 5% of them come from our congregation. All the rest come from the apartments, inner city apartments around us. They are all Muslim, Buddhist, Hindu, or Atheist. Three weeks ago, for the first time, we had a lady come in a full burqa. Will we be kind to those who believe differently to us? Pretty sure our job is to love them. God's job to change them. Let's be kind to people who are different. Number two, be kind to people who are worse off than you. It's a strange thing in a prosperity-oriented culture That whenever we come against someone fighting a harder battle than ourselves, instead of being kind, we become judgmental. We assume there are reasons for that, obvious reasons. And we come out with the same kind of answers that Job's friends did. Well, clearly, God blesses those who do good and those who don't do good are cursed. And if this looks like a curse, then clearly you've done things that are wrong. So you're on your own. The whole point of Job is that there is always a bigger picture. Be kind to people who are fighting a harder battle than you or a different battle than you. Number three, be kind to people when it is inconvenient, when it is going to cost you. And I'm telling you, special things always cost. Interestingly enough, kindness is particularly important to God when it is unseen. When it is invisible. No one saw what Augie's friends did. What Jack did and what others like Summer did. No, no one, no one saw, and they saw it, but they didn't see it. No one saw what the, the Samaritan did, but God did. More than the grand gesture is the unseen kindness that only God sees. For he is looking to do something about that. Matthew 6, when you do a kindness to someone, do it secretly. Don't let your left hand and your right hand uh, know what your right hand is doing. And your father who knows all secrets will reward like courageous kindness is not only in being kind to those in need of help. Listen to this. It's also, to being, it's also about being kind when we are in need of help and people are kind to us. So often when people are kind to us, we, we don't like that. We struggle with that. We don't want charity. We push it back. We don't like that. Sometimes we can even be bitter. We can be upset. We can be hurtful. Actually, it takes as much co- courage to be kind. Sorry, it takes as much courage to receive kindness as it does to give kindness. And here's the beautiful thing, that the transformative power of kindness only occurs when it is given and received. And that is what Jesus came to show us. And this is where God is at work, in that beautiful thing. And what's amazing, if you see this movie or have seen this movie, you know that actually the kindness that we see in that movie ultimately turns the heart's of some of those who perpetrated the unkindness To Augie in the first place Courageous kindness is infectious It makes a difference It carries up hearts Let's go to the very end of this story
2: Ladies, gentlemen Boys and girls Graduates, final award this morning is the Henry Ward Beecher Medal. To honor students who have been notable or exemplary, usually it's a good works, a service award. But I came upon a passage that he wrote which made me realize that good works come in many forms. Greatness, he wrote, lies not in being strong, but in the right using of strength. He or she is the greatest whose strength carries up the most hearts by the attraction of his own. Without further ado... This year, I am very proud to award the Henry Ward Beecher Medal to the student whose quiet strength has carried up the most hearts. So, will August Pullman please come up here to receive this award?
1: that stage I felt like I was floating my heart was beating so fast I didn't really understand why I was getting a medal it's not like I blew up the Death Star all I did was get through 5th grade just like everyone else here
2: congratulations that's for you
1: then again maybe that's kind of the point maybe the truth is I'm really not so ordinary. Maybe if we knew what other people were thinking, we'd know that no one's ordinary. And we all deserve a standing ovation, at least once in our lives. My friends do. My teachers do. My sister does for always being there for me. My dad does for always making us laugh. My mom does the most for never giving up on anything, especially me. It's like that last precept Mr. Brown gave us Be kind, for everyone is fighting a hard battle. And if you really want to see what people are, all you have to do is look.
0: Kindness is that contagious, courageous act that makes a difference and releases heaven onto earth. What is one kindness you can do today? To someone who could really do a little kindness. The wonder of kindness is that it changes the world. Will you stand with me this morning as we pray to close? You know, when I was lost and beat down by the world, and I was... Desperately trying to find truth and having no idea where it was or if it even existed. It was an astonishing thing for me that Jesus had come for me. And he has come for every one of us. The Bible says that, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Jesus didn't come for the church, ladies and gentlemen. He came for the world. And I was a part of that and every one of us he was. The Bible says that all have sinned fallen short of God's plan and glory? I know I have. The Bible also says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only provision for our sin, and only through making the decision to put our trust in him can we know and experience God's plan for our lives. If you're here today and, and you've never made that decision or you made that decision and you've let it go and you need to make that decision again today, because I'm telling you there's no one kinder. You will never experience kindness like the kindness of God in your life then I'd love you to pray this with me this morning. If you want to make a decision to hand your life over to God, if you want to invite Jesus into your world and into your heart, if now's the time, if here is the place, if this is the moment, then let's pray this together. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me. I know I'm a sinner, but I believe Jesus came for me. Today I put my trust in you as my Lord and Savior. Make me new. Thank you for receiving me as your child. I believe today everything is new in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you just to keep your heads bowed just for a moment because I'm going to ask those people who prayed that prayer for the first time to do something a little bit brave because I want to pray for you. I just want, I don't want to embarrass you but I do want to pray for you this morning. Just ask God's particular blessing on the decision that you've made because I'm telling you, you've got a lot of fun ahead of you. If that's you this morning, you, you prayed that prayer for the first time or because you know you need to come back to God. Would you do me the honor just right now like this? Raise your hand, give me a wave. I'd just love to pray for you this morning. Is anyone here this morning? just love to pray for you. Fantastic. Okay, maybe you're here and you prayed that prayer and it's just, you just don't want to raise your hand this morning. That's okay. Let me pray for that anyway. Mighty God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for decisions made, God, because I know that every decision made alters a destiny. God, I thank you for all of us here, God, confronted and reminded of the power of kindness. God, I pray today as we go from this place, we will have our our vision renewed, God, and the difference that we can make in the world simply by taking responsibility, by serving, and by doing acts of kindness to those around about us. God, I pray that you'll anoint us as we do, that you'll open heaven, God, that you'll change the atmospheres and the cultures and the environments that we are in, God. Bring good where there is evil, Lord. Bring hope where there is hopelessness, Lord God. Bring love where there is unkindness. And Father, we we partner with you today and this week and this month and this year. God, we pray you'll continue to nudge us as we go forward. God, I pray you change the world that we are in. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen and amen. So good.
1: We're going to go out of this place with some praise. Because he is good. He brings words like this to us so faithfully. There's one thing I'm asking. A moment that's passing, it's not what I'm seeking. Like it's the air I'm breathing, I want your presence. Feet on the earth, a heart full of heaven.